You don't need it for backup just in case as a... Nope. No. A nope. Backup. Nope. He's going to keep recording it. Nope. I like I backups. Don't, don't believe I take in photos, it. I record two cards at the same time. You nerd. Do you shoot uh, raw plus JPEG or do you... Yes. Okay. I just about spit everywhere. I saw that. <laughs> and stopping recording and you said... So. And stop because my machine's broken. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome to episode 16 of The John Chi Show. I am one of your hosts, Patrick, and I'm here with my two other co-hosts, Nathan and KJ. What's going on, fellas? Howdy. I am here, and I am ready to rock. It is nighttime, my time zone. <laughs> we just put up our Christmas tree, so and our cat loves our Christmas tree, so you might hear some uh, wife versus cat battling in the background. <laughs> from me. That'd be so, awesome. Yeah. Get out of there. Basically. <laughs> she's a real terror. She's gorgeous and is also so angry and so mean. So. <laughs> That's a classic cat persona. Are you talking about persona. the cat or your wife? Oh, the cat. I mean, my wife is also gorgeous, but she's yeah. not mean. Nice. Nicely done. All right. Well, I can't think of a better way to kick off this episode than that, but uh, Nathan, why There's don't you... There's probably like a thousand different ways to kick off the episode. We're going to kick it off this way. Nathan, why don't you uh, share with our new listeners what John Chi means? Sure. We we took the word John Chi from uh, a dull John Chi, which was a first birthday party. Um, so we consider John Chi to be party, uh, celebration, feasting, and uh, celebrating because we are Korean adoptees, and so we want to celebrate our Korean adoption heritage. And that is that is why we chose that name. <laughs> so I hope you like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Today we are not gonna have a guest today. It's just gonna be we're gonna it's just the John Chi boys hanging out. And what? after our fifteenth episode where we did have Nathan, all of did our, nobody tell you that we our... weren't gonna have a guest today? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, just, that's what I, I'm assuming that's what everyone is listening is saying in their mind, like what? Yeah, I mean, unless they saw the title again. and they're like, "Hey, where where's the guest?" There's no, no guest. It's just you guys. We're gonna put guys? special guest, oh but it's just ourselves, so they don't know. <laughs> It'd be so boring. <laughs> Um, we just thought it would be good after our 15th episode where we had a lot of our previous guests on to follow that up with a, a full on reflections episode of kind of where we've been in the first quarter of our show. And We're going extremes. We're going from every one of our past guests to no guests. No one. Yeah. That's it. We That's deal in extreme. extremes. Hot, cold. <laughs> Nothing in the middle. Very hot, very cold. You know, but no, none of that lukewarm. <laughs> we don't do that. There's, there's hot... There's cold, there's very hot and very cold. There's extremely hot and extremely cold. There's <laughs> no warm. It's not a good joke. I'm going to cut that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I... I don't know. Where to begin? Um, well, I think we should... Yeah, we so should far. say that we're, we're not only... Um, it's not only that we've hit 15, which feels like a... I don't know. It feels like a decent... Um, milestone for us but also we just finished national adoption awareness month uh by the time that you're listening to this assuming that you're listening you know relatively soon to when the episode drops we just uh have entered december so happy december uh wait is that right actually yes, i don't even it'll know it'll be the like second it. of december okay yep so um, or it is the second of december today yeah 
or it's you know so September twenty twenty one. So who knows? Loop. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, so for us, we just finished up National Adoption Awareness Month, and uh, being all three of us adoptees and uh, doing a show about adoption, we felt like it was a good time to kind of reflect. And I think this is a good thing. Um, so Patrick, you're the youngest journeyman uh, on this kind of, I guess what we call coming out of the fog. So um, let's say, can you explain really kind of quickly what coming out of the fog means? So coming out of the fog for an adoptee is pretty much when you at an individual level first start either learning about adoption or understanding adoption outside of your own initial experience, I suppose. For uh, transnational adoptees like ourselves, um, it can happen in a lot of different ways at a lot of different times. It's really your own personal journey, but it's the moment of reckoning with that adoptee identity and then, I guess, your first steps into that. Yeah, that was great. So, Patrick... What has that, I guess, in our kind of conversations off air, it's this month has felt like um, a very big month just from my observing you um, and what you've been posting and what you've been talking about and things like that. So um, let's start with you. What has this month been like? What has this journey been like? Um, Is it accurate to say that you uh, are coming out of the fog? Uh, Is this like your first time? making that journey because i feel like it's a little bit different for me but we'll get into that anyways that was <laughs> like four questions time, in one is this the first time you guys both have even celebrated the national adoptee adoption month yes it yes. was my first time yeah okay. same mine as well um i think that this month for me especially has really been my coming out of the fog moment i think when i started on this journey and even for this podcast That was me coming out of the fog towards my Asian American identity, but not as an adoptee. And so I think everything leading up to November was me building up to now engaging adoptees versus Asian Americans. And this month has shown me, well, one, because I finished reading a couple different books um, from Korean adoptees that had a big impact on just the way that I think about adoption and the way I think about identity as a collective thing and as an individual thing. And I mean, I can't, I can't say when Glenn talks about when going to a conference and that being transformational, I think that's the feeling and the, the, I guess that coming out uh, of the fog journey that I've been on, it's been very transformational and, a bunch of different aspects of my life. Yeah. I can't even imagine how that it would be going to a conference, like you said, with so many adoptees, not just Asian Americans, but knowing that a majority of everyone there, or maybe everyone there, I guess, uh, is an adoptee would be very um, surreal, I think. Something I I only know, other than you guys, I think I know like three others, maybe. Well, especially, Um, too, because this year of all years... You know, it's a month where we're tackling all of this stuff virtually and we can't meet together and congregate together and do stuff like that. And the thing is, I think it would be just because at the tail end of this month, I've been, I think, a little bit overwhelmed uh, uh, with some of my emotions that I felt either sharing stuff or just dealing with it personally. And as much as I'm ready to go to a, a conference and wanting to do that, especially with you guys, um, 
you know, it's it's also giving me a little bit of pause and making me what really want to reflect on the reasons I'm going on that journey and doing that because I think it would be extremely overwhelming just going from <laughs> engaging with the community online to being like, now I have to talk to you in person and shake Not your hand person, or bump maybe elbows. 200. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like if we went to the ICA conference and there's, you know, like freaking 4,000 adoptees there, oh like sensory overload, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what I would do. Yeah, no, that that and I remember when I watched Dan's uh, um, documentary, his they what they broke them up into smaller groups when they first arrived. So they try to make it not as overwhelming, I think. But still, even if you're sitting in a group of 15, 10, 10 to 15, you know, adoptees, it's still m- many more exponentially than you've ever been in the same room with. So, um, and I've been finding that out with just you guys in general, like the stories that we've told each other, the stories that we've heard, we've, we've heard a lot of things that I'm like, oh yeah, I, I've done that or I've heard of that. And I, I think I've said that a million times, or at least internally, I've said that where it's like, oh yeah, I do that. Or that's, that's so similar to, to something that I, I see or have done. Um, even, even looking at, by the way, Patrick, I looked at your Instagram recently and I saw a picture of you. It must've been around mother's day, but it was you and your mom and your grandma. Oh yeah, uh, but my first in my first thought was, oh, who are these ladies? <laughs> yeah, first, I hundred percent get that you know, because I, I, I did not expect number one your mom to be all tatted up, which, which was a surprise. Is that true? To me. Yeah, yeah. So that was right the first yeah. surprise. Uh, and then the second one was just that you know it's your your mom and your grandma. I was like both you know they're they're. Their silvery white hair too. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And uh, I, I don't know. It's for me. It's it's something that I don't really think about. Even though that's my life too. My mom, my mom's blonde. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, it's 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 funny to s- that I'm seeing this now from an outside perspective and not just my own family perspective. So. Yeah. You know what's wild is I had that same experience when I went to. A uh, a summer camp put on by my hospital for teenagers who had all like had hand surgeries. Um, I call it my teenage hand camp. I don't know. I don't remember what it's originally <laughs> called, but um, I remember seeing. Oh dang, she does have a tattoo. <laughs> he just nice. She's got a lot of tattoos, oh, and that yes. just started like four or five years ago. Oh, Is she on her way oh, to that's... a sleeve? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's nice. probably wow. she's probably got like a half sleeve. I would bet. I don't what know. A baller. Okay. Were you, were, yeah. Were you in, Let's uh, be easy with the praise. <laughs> oh, really? Were you not in praise at all from that? I mean, you have your own tattoos. So. Patrick's yeah, I started the trend. Don't get, she gets no credit for that. On. I started this. Uh, see, I actually would have expected it was the other way around that your Patrick mom had No, so my mom fell into <laughs> So just a quick background. My mom got that um, when she got her first tattoo. For very sentimental reasons, um, and then like from that Vegas point, or Cancun Spring Break. It wasn't. It was not that. It was not that. It was. It was very surprising when she did it. Um, but yeah, it was for very personal reasons to her, and she just enjoyed the process. And now, everywhere, every time they travel somewhere, she'll get a tattoo in that city, wow. and then do that. And they're super random. Have no continuity. There's there's more Disney tattoos than anything, but there's <laughs> nice. no rhyme or reason. That's just perfect. Put that ink on me. 
<laughs> amazing. That's amazing, yeah. All right, sorry, um, Okay, so anyways. Completely <laughs> opposite of that. She would never, <laughs> never get a tattoo. Patrick, can't you see? Uh, all right, this is the anyways, fun. This is, uh, the, this is us. This is what we chat about. That is fun. Um, that was good. So yeah, so I, I Nathan, I was saying, I remember having that same experience. I, I go to this hand camp and I, I went to hand camps when I was younger, but they were like kind of for families, you know? So it was like me and my parents and my younger sister. And then like, I would go and meet, you know, other uh, hand patients, but then like their families and whatever. Um, so I, and it had been in uh, like five years or something since I, since I had been to one and I, I get there. And the first thing I see is I see this girl playing with a balloon, just throwing it up in the air, keeping herself busy, you know, waiting for things to start. And my first thought was what's wrong with your hand? Like, oh. <laughs> like I knew where I was going. I knew what yeah. I was getting myself into, but somehow seeing it, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I totally get that experience of, you know, here we are, uh, three Asian dudes chatting. And then, um, and even though we're talking about adoption, sometimes the optics of like, wait, that's your family mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is so striking because you just, I don't know, like you don't think about it. And, and I think so, so that's, I think what has been part of my journey this month. And I don't, I don't know that I celebrated or, uh, went down the same path that Patrick did. So, um, from what you said, Patrick, it sounds like you self-racialized before you, I mean, slightly before you self-identified as an adoptee. Um, and for me, it was very much the opposite. Like, I always knew that I was an adoptee um, and have recently been self, self-racializing. Um, but I think, so I've, I've been, like, giving myself um, more grace and more, I've been, I guess I've just, I've been nicer to myself. And I've said... Um, you are Korean enough. Um, and I've stopped racially gatekeeping myself, uh, because like a big byproduct of this show and hearing all of these stories that are so different, um, and so unique, um, from the people that we've had on the show to the people, you know, in the side by side project or or whatever, um, is I have come to more fully understand that sense of loss and that uh, the grief that ensues of like being totally cut off from uh, your origin culture and your language and just everything, right? And so um, one of my friends here um, in Springfield, she posted about, uh, just on her story, she was like, read this post in her story. Um, And it was something about uh, the Asian diaspora experience um, and how that makes holidays difficult. And so I was like, well, I don't understand that because like, um, I, I do have a family. It's my adopted family, but like, I can go back to my grandparents or my great grandparents and know them and talk to them and whatever. But still, I also at the same time identified that with that because I was like, well, if I met my birth family or if I met my birth grandparents or, you know, whatever, I wouldn't have really any means of communicating with them. Um, you know, besides maybe translation, but I wouldn't, have the ability to really know them and to really see them and, and build a relationship with them in the same way that I would with someone even here in America. Um, and so just reckoning with that sense of loss and that grief um, has been, I think, a big part of what I have been doing this month, uh, which is quieter um, for me. Uh, but I've been able to talk to some other people, be on some other podcasts, write some articles and things so that that kind of uh, out loud self reflection that you're going through, um, you know, has has been really helpful for me and just and helpful to share with my wife 
Um, and you know, I'll probably share it with my parents and like, I think it's helpful, like that kind of intentional, um, writing and journaling and being able to express yourself helps you digest as well as maybe give the people who love you, uh, a window into what you're going through and be like, Oh man, I didn't even think about seeing it from this point of view, you know? Cause it's, I mean, it's new to us. How could they right. potentially know to look from that through that window anyways, you know? AJ, have you talked to your adopted sister at all about anything similar to these? Situations? I have not. Uh, we aren't um, super close. Mm-hmm. So uh, honestly, if I talk at all, it's just to say like, happy Thanksgiving or Merry Christmas or like, I'll see a picture and be like, hey, I miss you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she uh, just is fairly estranged. Um, so that's a that's an interesting thing. And the other thing too is um, I don't know that from my perception of her, I don't know that she would be ready to have these conversations. And there are actually a number of transracial adoptees in my life who uh, I want to call out to and be like, let's talk about this. I have this podcast. You'll understand. Except I like some of them are younger. Some of them are high school students or younger um, who go to my church. And I was like, you know what? I don't know that I can be excited about sharing my show with them because I don't necessarily want to call them out of the fog. Like there is mm-hmm. that type of blissful ignorance that I'm like, well, you know, I, I want to be there for you because when it slaps you across the face, it really hurts and it leaves you reeling. But also like nobody wants to get slapped in the face. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe stay there and, and be okay with that for a while. And I think that's what makes this conversation and hanging out with other adoptees really difficult is like, you have to be aware and conscious of, you know, like, everyone is at a different spot on their journey and it's mm-hmm. not an easy journey. You know, it's just kind of one that we're all forced on. So, um, they probably all do it at their own pace. I mean, that's right. The one exactly. Thing I've noticed, uh, you know, that we've talked to about and that, I mean, we are exploring our own journeys, but we're not forcing it in a way, but we're forcing talking about it in a way because we mm-hmm. are on air. Um, but I haven't, I mean, I, I don't say anything negative about, you know, your your sister not talking about it or wanting to talk about it because I don't think my sister really talks about it that much. I mean, we've briefly talked about it in the past, um, little snippets, but we've never really sat down and had a, like a deep conversation about, so how do you feel about being adopted and things like that? <laughs> I mean, you know, there could be all kinds of skeletons and and, and things that could be brought up that, uh, that I wouldn't be ready for myself. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, so we've been um, definitely learning at different levels, and that's and I think that's great for everybody. So, um, and you have to be inspired, I think, personally by something to to start that journey. Very yeah. true. So, what's this month been like for you, Nathan? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what's this month been like for you? Uh, it's, well, as we started at the beginning, it's definitely something that I wasn't aware of as well that was a thing. And um, as far as going deep into it, I, I did not do any deep dives into National Adoption Month. I didn't really, um, I didn't read a book like like you guys started. And, <laughs> oh, are you a dad or something? Uh, yeah, you, yeah, well, you, you have kids, kids that are busy. Your, uh, my reading level is your wife is need help? slow. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. Third grade level, I bought right? the book and I read the cover. That's it. <laughs> you got so, the book. That's the first step. Yeah, so. that was my first step. So my reading is very slow. But um, um, it may actually have something to do with my astigmatism, but that's another thing. I actually recently <laughs> got glasses so that I can not get as tired when I look at the computer screen and things like that. Oh, okay. I, I got gotcha. you. 
Because I never did. I used to always get tired when I would read, so I never read. <laughs> I <laughs> read get one that. chapter and fall asleep. <laughs> I get that. I yeah. can read like one page and fall asleep sometimes. Okay. If I'm laying down, I can't read anything. I'm just immediately asleep. So yeah. Like phone. If I'm reading something on my phone, it'll just <laughs> fall out of my hand and hit me in the face. Smack you in the face. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, so for me, I haven't done a whole lot of exploration into the actual month itself or what other people are doing. Um, the show has been my main focus and just, you know, seeing what everyone else is doing. And um, I think I'll probably dive into it a little more next year or just over this next year in general for us. I mean, why does it have to be one month of national adoption <laughs> awareness, right? Why can't it Dude, be Dude, because <laughs> white people. So we I don't, don't like to put labels on months. And so I kind of, <laughs> I just like to let it free flow. And when it comes Hashtag to me, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. But yeah, so I haven't really, you know, thought much about it I, I wanted to um i, I really did I, and i do wish i had more time to to jump into it a little more so um yeah so I'm, maybe, I'm a little more out of the the research area of that no yeah i mean i don't know that i i mean i haven't um done any research beyond really listening to stories mostly on the show so mm -hmm. what's the what's like a moment um from our past guests or past shows or even you know just friday conversations What's a moment that's really stood out to you that you feel like is really giving you something substantial to chew on as it relates to being adopted? And maybe it is nothing, but. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really fascinated with more of of the stories that uh, that came out of Glenn's website. I, I do want to dive into those stories because I listened to a few and those two were very moving and emotional and. And I was like, that's just two out of a hundred. And so I want to dive into more of those. And I mean, I, everyone, well, not everybody, but if you've watched my episode number one on our <laughs> podcast, you know a little bit about my backstory and my backstory is, is a, a, a good one. And, uh, I have a good relationship with my biological siblings. And, um, so I have been talking with them. So I always had that kind of as a, as a, basis and i know that there were bad stories um and so i never wanted to i don't know i didn't want to say oh there's only good stories and there's only bad stories i know there's there's all range of different types of stories um and so i want to hear those and that i think the more you listen to the stories on glenn's and i'm hoping there are more good stories <laughs> out there um and i i just want to listen and see what's out there what people have talked about and um yeah, i don't want to uh, I don't want to label it with anything at the moment. That makes sense. So would you say that um, <laughs> being exposed to Glenn's side-by-side -side project was like maybe a first step into thinking about adoption on a more, I'm going to say more systemic, not that it's entirely systemic, but like kind of on a, on a broader scale than just like how it affects you personally? Yes, definitely. And more, not, and I wouldn't even say just more of a negative way, but more of a... Just like kind of uh, eye-opening, yes, an eye-opening yeah. overall that there yeah. are uh, more stories than just looking for your family and yes, you find them or no, you don't. And so the the fact that there's a wide spectrum uh, of that is is kind of eye-opening to me. And that's, I think, for me, I'm all about, you know, finding more information, more research, more uh, information. And so that's why I want to listen to more of those and just soak it in. I, I will listen to those a lot quicker, like I said, than reading the book. <laughs> And uh, and the fact that uh, Glenn has that uh, what do you say thirty minute documentary cut of his uh, short film on there now, 
Ooh, yeah, yeah I need to watch amazing. that. Pretty amazing. I need to totally watch that. That's that's on my to do list. And uh, just watching his, I think what was his ten minute uh, one from the New York Times was, was mm-hmm. pretty moving. So um, yeah, I'm excited to to dive into those as well. So you could uh, chat with my mom about them. She's apparently been watching them. Only has twenty one left. She said, wow. "Oh my god, drop food off." I was like, wow. "That is a lot that you've watched Man. in a very short period of time." Man. So. It's- Amazing. Blasting through them. Yeah. Shout no, out Cheryl uh, Armstrong. I mean, I want to give Cheryl. him credit for, into credit my for making them. Someone's, someone's <laughs> seen them all multiple times, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm oh. sure. Um, Nathan, I have a question for you. It's based on kind of something that KJ was asking me about on my journey having self-racialized prior to um, accepting myself as like an adoptee, I guess, whereas he had done the opposite i was wondering and something that something that i grew up with like i always knew i was adopted but it was just until like we started doing this show and like this month where i really started referring to myself as an adoptee and not just referring but seeing myself as that i'm wondering because you have been on this journey a little bit longer than us um it's me especially have you ever thought about yourself like in those terms um, I don't know. I've never asked you that. Like, and I never think what I don't think we've ever really talked about adopted versus adoptee. But I, just thought that <laughs> I mean, was like yeah, we definitely kind of don't a... talk about pronouns like that. I guess not uh, that they're yeah, pronouns, I, but like they're not, kind of yeah. the essentially they're pronouns, you know. So right, right. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know if there's like any if it means anything to label yourself adopted or adoptee or refer to yourself as that. But I just thought that was an interesting question, and I just wondered if you'd ever even thought about that as like something to think about. Is something not, not something different. I've always thought of them as knowing that I was adopted and I am an adoptee. Um, and like KJ has said before too, that that I associated more with just being Asian American uh, than being adopted Asian American. I guess. Uh, I I mean I would always say that because that would be definitely one of the conversations that would come up is why is my last name Nowak or you know, you know, why are my parents white? Things like that. So those topics did come up, but that was about it. That was the, the limit to it. I mean, back when I was younger, sure, you got the the, the extra question. It was like, oh, do you want to go find your parents? Do you want to go back to Korea? Things like right, that. Yeah. But, you know, we're young at that point. I don't think it takes a certain type of person to jump into that exploration at a young age. Um, so, you know, I always say that. I think about it at least that when you guys talk about coming in, you know, into this journey um, later in your lives – I think that's appropriate, actually. I mean, I'm, I don't know many people that have done it at 18, and hopefully we, um, okay, Jay, you went back at 16. Um, I went back at like 12 or something. <laughs> we will never, we yeah. will never know. At some point, I was, or age that you went I'm going to say I was barely <laughs> pubescent. <laughs> we will never know. We're, it's always <laughs> a different age and year. <laughs> like I went, went back, back when I was like four, was nine, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps changing. It's every, every it's a different I went back when I was 55. Every time we ask. Every time. But uh, oh it's not many people, I think, that do search it at a young age. So it's been, uh, I think, you know, the the way that we've done it, I think, is is, is maybe more common. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe we'll find out more from the people that we've we talk to as we go along. We go, oh, this yeah. is more more people are searching later in their late twenties. You know, right around thirty, or um, like late fifties. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, yeah. yeah. seem to hit Glenn. Glenn you know, yeah. Uh, um, like I said, my sister's she's three years older than me, and she hasn't mm-hmm. looked, so she's uh, in a late forties. So sorry, Amy. 
Um, <laughs> I'll cut that out. Keeping, keeping that in. Let's go right at the front, front of the episode. <laughs> Getting texts next week. <laughs> Why did you? Uh, but yeah, so uh, I haven't really thought of myself in a different way because yeah. uh, of that. I've always just thought of myself as as being adopted. So, um, and I've never thought of it as a negative thing too. I've always thought of it as a positive because uh, because of the. The upbringing I had with my family and mm-hmm. uh, the relationship that I have with them. So I've always thought of it definitely uh, as a, a lucky thing. I even made a comment. I remember many years ago, uh, we were with some family friends and I had, I, I don't know, the lottery was really, really, really high. And I kept saying, I, you know, I buy a lottery ticket every once in a while. I'm a dreamer, <laughs> whatever. It's Powerball. It's 300, 400 million, yeah. whatever. I'm yeah, throw in a couple bucks. Sure. So I remember saying, God dang, I, w- I wish I, you know, I wish I could win the lottery or something like that. And then, uh, you know, our, fr- our parents' friends, they were like, we kind of already did. Hmm. Interesting. And so, you know, you never really think about it in that term is that, that, you know, I, I, in a way won the lottery of, of a family that, that, that was able to support me and uh, give me the experiences in the, the life that I have now. So, uh, uh, that, you know, is a form of a lottery. Yeah, I don't know how that makes me feel. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm unpacking. My that initial a bit. reaction was like, "Shut up, man!" Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't just because like it, at first. it. So it's it's so interesting. So um, Sarah and I have talked about like just as kind of forever. Um, have talked about me and adopting. Uh, like when I'm a dad, when I'm a parent, whatever. Mm-hmm. When I want to be a parent, would I adopt? Um, when I was on here, I was like, yeah, of course. And now doing the show i'm like i don't i don't know uh talking about adoption is a lot harder because of all the the grief and the pain and the the trauma and stuff um and even though obviously i back myself to be a loving parent i was just like oh man this is tough um but i i think where i landed was uh you know once you're given up the damage is already done um right and so then like yeah in that sense nathan like the best Mm -hmm. you can hope for is yeah, that you get a loving family and like that, you know, has whatever amount of privilege and, you know, things like that that make your life a little bit easier. But yeah, it's just like, I think just that gut reaction and my own sensitivity given the month and given the show and yeah. everything, I was like, what? How dare you? know, I, just I know. because, yeah, you just like, you bristle at it. And, like, and, yeah. I, and I get where they're coming from, but I was just like, Argh! and then yeah. I had to check myself and be like, wait, no, it's fine. I'm okay because you look it. at it they're from all like, aspects too. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at it from the the, the direction of, of my biological parents that they, uh, you know, at the time didn't have the finances to keep me, and yeah. uh, they had to give up their son and their second son, no less. The one, you know, um, it, it's just a, it's a tough situation to think from their perspective. Um, I mean, even when I met, you know, my biological family and my oldest sister was there, she was just crying when when we first met nonstop and and I wonder if some of that was um you know f- coming from my parents always talking about it or um just some of the own, her own feelings because she was um pregnant at the time and and couldn't help take care of me um mm-hmm. because she had to take care of her own son I, I don't I don't know if why it was such a strong emotion for her at that time um and so Things like that, yeah. I mean, you—it's not just the lottery of, you know, hey, I, I 
from my perspective, I, I was raised in a very nice family that if I hadn't been given up for adoption, I would have been in poverty. I would have been hungry. Who knows? I could have died. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are certain circumstances that could have been negative, but yeah, I know it's a, it's a, it's a weird comment, but at the same time, I, I see it as a, in a way of, yeah, I should appreciate at that point, like you said, what, what I have, what I happened and it's too late, you know, it's, is what it is so yeah yeah i would say too just real quickly off of that that even though you are appreciative and you know you did end up in this good situation doesn't erase any of that inherently laid trauma from being adopted in the first place you know what i mean mm-hmm. and not that that's to blame place blame on anyone i think the thing that one of the things that i've learned the most about or just about the the process of adoption and the things that go into it i think that we have for so long as a community not had our own voices used to tell the adoption side of the story as i said in a previous episode you know adoptees are looked at and this is all adoptees as kind of these children children who need help and then that's all we'll ever be like when we turn 18 we're still in the eyes of a lot of people or you know become adults these children who were saved, so we should be grateful or whatever. It doesn't mean that you now have to think of it negatively and not be grateful. Yeah, I'm grateful that I got adopted into a good family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think something I've learned is that there's still stuff laid there, and you'll get to it, and you'll be able to unpack that and do that uh, and, and approach that whenever you can. And I think an, and another thing that I learned is that the adoptee community is large outside of just Korean adoptees or whatever the case is. And there's a lot of people out there that offer great services, help, and, you know, a voice or a shoulder or an ear um, to get through those things. And, yeah, I think that, I don't know, that, yeah, when you initially said that comment, it just had me getting in these thoughts. And I, I agree with KJ, you know, you got to check yourself a little bit because, a lot of people are not looking at adoption from the adoptee perspective. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's something that we can either change or help to facilitate uh, as we continue on here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, that's why I think content creation for adoptees by adoptees is so important, you know, because like no one else is going to know to look from this angle because we ourselves are just now realizing, oh, we can look at it this way, you know, from from this point of view or whatever. So yeah, I just think that that is so, so important. Um, and uh, so Patrick, I want to swing back to the question that I asked Nathan, um, kind of reflecting back on the guests and the conversations that we've had, what was um, a particular standout moment um, in the conversations and the interactions that you, that we have had, uh, I'm going to say regarding to adoption and also maybe beyond adoption, if you want to go that direction. Yeah. Um, so I think we might all say Glenn. <laughs> I could just sit there and listen to Glenn talk forever. And like every, I feel like everything that he, I think something that really stood out to me was when he first started to talk about his story to us on his episode. And he talks about, and then he gets to the point where he went to the conference and then how that just launched into the, all this other journey. I think that was really powerful because you don't use uh, people, you, I mean, when you're being serious about a topic, you don't throw the word transformational out just willy nilly, you know? And I think when Unless he used me. that, <laughs> I might do that. <laughs> I'm a very willy nilly kind of guy. So willy nilly. <laughs> I do like willy nilly. I will throw that about, but I think when he said that, I think it just it had a lot of weight for me. And that's something that's really stuck to me. And I've 
that I've come back to that word a lot during this month and, and especially reading these books that I've been reading uh, and, and learning more. Um, one of the, I don't know, I feel like we've had a lot of great guests. I really just like the, when Melody came on, mm-hmm. um, and I'll go back to what I said, the reason why I thought our episode or our interview with her was so good is because it, for me, it was a very full circle moment of having just stumbled across Dear Asian Americans and then going on there to starting the show to having a guest that stumbled across the John Chi show and then comes on the show. And, and you know, just that natural growth of community. That's a moment that really sticks out to me, too. Um, just on a level of, you know, because I, I, I think especially with this month I've been wondering about the impact that my words have and the reach that we're trying to get on Facebook or with the show. And I know we're, I'm really trying to get away from the social validation. And I think that Melody's coming onto the show is so great because it's not social validation. I think it's more vindication uh, for what we're doing. And like that moment there made me realize that I would just want to continue doing the show uh, with you guys in whatever way that we can do it. Because we are making an impact and leaving an impact. So just Melody's presence on the show, I'm saying, is one of those yeah. things for me. <laughs> really proved it. I, I, I really enjoyed that episode as well. She, the energy and just hearing her stories and and knowing that we are reaching certain people. Yeah, Melody, you were great. Come back anytime. Yeah, sorry um, you were on the live one last week. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have you being a nurse, for sure. Saving people, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what about I think... you, KJ? Well, I guess you might might be about to say. Never mind. I think um, I think Melody's episode is a lot of fun because uh, for me, it really like including what you said, Patrick. Uh, it represented for me that we were um, are <laughs> hopefully doing something right. Um, that we are having fun and that we are relatable. And you know, like I'm so excited about our Facebook group. Um, that people can join and like what is instead that of just like group again <laughs> instead of just uh <laughs> just talking into the void they can hop onto the after party and be like oh my gosh when like did anybody else think this when you know when i heard this part of the story like ah that like like it, it we don't have to wait to have somebody on the show um to talk about that with us um or you know with any other person who listens but that they can literally hop into the after party and just say like yo when this moment happened like that blew, blew my mind or whatever or like or our friends or our family because we um strive to be kind of lighthearted and and um just keep it um fun you know and, and more casual um yes, that people Facebook maybe group I, after yeah. party <laughs> <laughs> you're just this is this is the section oh, where we have so an ad, hard. right? This is the podcast ad part. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> no, so I but I think that just because like people can hopefully jump into those moments and find those relational aspects and and just enter into those journeys. Like I think for me, I've just I've discovered that I kind of always want to be uh a a doorway for people to graciously enter into a, a bit kind of what can be an overwhelming community, you know, like in the same way that, um, that we talked about, you know, going and seeing 4,000 other Korean adoptees would be ridiculous. And like breathing this air to the same air as them would be oh, just no, like no. sensory COVID. overload. No. Um, it would just be, it would be so wild. Like it was, it's overwhelming for me as an adoptee willingly going on this journey to find like, four other Facebook groups where there right. are like different variations of we are Korean American adoptees 
in Missouri or adoptees from Holt or adoptees or, you know, just like that there are so many different flavors of that. So I, I just think like one of the big things that I've learned is, is representation is so important. And so, uh, and it just helps you realize things and accept things about yourself that like representation is a form of normalizing, you know? And so for us to just normalize our stories is, is really exciting. So, um, yeah, so I was excited to have, to have Melody on just for the, the way that she already felt like our friend, even though that was literally our first time meeting her, you know, that was like, this is the kind of community that I want to hang out with. These are the people that I want to hang out with. And there's this really beautiful thing, um, that happened in me from, uh, Liat's episode to Glenn's episode is they both talked about, um, I could have been one of them or like the whole heart behind naming, his projects side by side, right? Was that like, we are side by side in an orphanage for, with so many other people, you know, and that there are so many different possible outcomes. And so for Liat to go and be like, I literally could have been one of these kids. And so I'm going to give back to this community um, is just astounding. And so now following Kum um, and seeing those pictures, I like my heart does things that I can't even put into words because (laughs) it just gives me so many feels you know, like good and tragic and and wonderful and ecstatic and just like, yeah. So, um, so there's just a really kind of like, I think for me, the, the growing sense and the deepening sense of community, uh, for me has been one of the best things that's happened as a, a means of having people on the show, um, and, uh, being able to interact with, with everyone, you know? So that's, that's been really cool. And I guess that's adoptee kinship, but I think it's, it's more than that, you know, like there's, there's just something deeper. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's been kind of the, the thing that across all of our guests that I've just been excited, like, and Sujin said it too. I think she really started it. It was the moment when she said we, and I realized that she was talking about the four of us. I was like, Oh, now I feel seen. Like I've never felt seen before, you know, um, like that somebody, deeply understands me in a way that I thought only an infinite deity could understand me, you know, but like someone here on earth who does technically breathe somewhat the same air as me, you know, and that we are all on the same planet at the same time together. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really special moment. So that's the thing that I'm most grateful for, for all of our guests and being a part of this show. That was great. You're here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I wanted to, I wanted to transition just as a, as a closing kind of wrapping up thing and and transitioning to um, our food portion, but really quickly, uh, what are the stories of adoption uh, or feeling lost and then found, or, you know, some quasi version of that, that you uh, growing up or now um, found yourself drawn to in pop culture, if any? Um, I, I just remember someone posted in, um, one of the adoptee groups that I'm a part of, uh, a scene from, um, an American tale where oh, yeah. the, I don't even know, remember the name, Bible. but, uh, Bible. no, no, no. Five sister sings somewhere out oh. there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, And she was like, this Some song man. absolutely Gosh. moves me because like yeah. as adoptees, you're like, of course, someone's thinking of me and loving me tonight. And yeah. Who knows, you know, how far away they are. But like, so that was a moment for them in pop culture where they felt really seen. So uh, for y'all, what were your moments of, of uh, quote unquote adoption representation in pop culture, even though it might not have been adopt actually adoption? You want me to go? I, yeah, go oh, ahead. Oh, you got I, it. No, I, you got it. You got okay. it. I was just going to say that, that it's funny to think 
as you make that mention to pop culture about adoption, um, how many adoption stories there are in pop culture that people don't realize that that it's an interesting thing that I don't know if we've talked about them here. And I was like, oh gosh, yeah, that is a that is you know Luke Skywalker, you know, he was adopted. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. think of that one, right? Like Frick Hercules. Um, I mean, you can go through all these stories and you start coming up with Lilo like this, and Stitch. Yeah, I mean, these people are not, they're not their biological parents. And there's, I, I'm sure there's a list somewhere that somebody has, has, has made. It's the internet, you know. Uh, there's probably a list of all these Disney movies or just pop culture movies in general that have to do with adoption. Um, and that, I think, is waking, waking me up. Um, I'm not going to say I'm woke because I people say that. <laughs> I'm way too old to say that word. No, you're um, not. So, We're not ageist on the show, bro. All right. Yeah. Oh, thanks for calling me bro instead of boomer. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm still, I I'm never still too young you to be a boomer, though. That's okay. Um, but the, 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 that I'm, I am, I'm, I'm like, I'm just realizing that there's a lot more adoption stories in pop culture than I ever than I ever really realized. So that, I guess, in a general form of, of answering your question is something that I've been now looking into and trying to uh, pinpoint. So. so I will say the show This Is Us, I guess, is a lot to do with that uh, mm-hmm. on ABC. And I've never watched it before, but I need to start watching it because I follow a account that breaks down all the like adoptee or adoption topics as they go through every episode. Pretty interesting. But... I will say, Nathan, thank you for bringing up Luke Skywalker and Star Wars because I just had a conversation with KJ. Actually, I wrote about it in one of my posts, um, but I think something I had not really thought about for a long time but was always there was that in Star Wars canon, Jedi are not just born into this. You know, Jedi children who are sensitive to the Force are collected by Jedi and then brought to Coruscant or wherever the Jedi Temple was at the time and are trained to be Jedi. I wrote about uh, Ahsoka Tano because she just had a live-action debut uh, in The Mandalorian. And she's one of my... (laughs) Ahsoka is my favorite... bro. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, really? (laughs) No. Oh, well, spoiler alert for The Mandalorian. That's the only thing. She shows up in the show. She shows up in the show. Um, Anyways, my whole point is, so even beyond all of that, um, her story really resonates with me because not only she's my favorite character, but she comes from her whole journey through the Clone Wars and through Rebels. She goes from just really brash and you know, like a teenager who's trying to learn and who's who's trying to find her way to becoming very competent and being able to do this to then being betrayed uh, by the Jedi and being very becoming very disillusioned with that. And, and I look at that as like when you go through when you come out of the fog, essentially, that's what that's what that moment was for her when she came out of the fog to this this the way that the, these the order operates. I think that I, I really resonated that with my own journey of coming out of the fog, because then it's now about how do you make this up on your own? Like, how do you go and be your own person and reclaim your identity? And that's what she does through the last season of Clone Wars, all through Rebels. That's like her whole thing until she has a huge climactic, never mind, I won't spoil it because you need to go watch that show. It's amazing. Um, But 
Yes, I think in pop culture, especially because Star Wars is something that resonates across generations that we're all a part of, um, I think that's a key adoption story. I, I think that's something that really, really can resonate. And I think, yeah, I, I, I just think it's amazing to have never thought about it like that before. such a huge property, and that's what the central basis is on, is about people finding their own way after being removed from their homes without asking. So I do want to run back and just apologize quickly to Nathan <laughs> for dropping that. Uh, that's my bad. And anybody else that was listening, I usually spoiler alert before I say stuff, but I I messed it up. It's okay. <laughs> it's I was thinking. No, I was thinking like for me, uh, I don't remember who I was talking to, but like the key adoption stories that I think of probably just because I'm a a young lover of Disney uh, is because is uh, Hercules and Lilo and Stitch. Um, and it, it makes me on the one hand, it's like really funny be- that I identify as a, basically a demigod. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. That feels like a, like a, <laughs> it's a good, label. It's a good uh, label. Yeah, exactly. But then on the other hand, like Lilo, Lilo and Stitch, like that's, that's an alien, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh man, he's a little better than a dog, <laughs> you know? Um <laughs> So I was like, well, that's that's a real you talk about extremes. That's a real uh, hot and cold moment to be like demigod or a little better than a dog. But uh, the moment that always gets me in Lilo and Stitch is I think Stitch does something stupid and gets in a bunch of trouble. And Lilo is just like Ohana means family. No, it's it's freaking Lilo and her sister. Ohana means family. Family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. And uh, that just like I, I remember specifically watching that when I was a camp counselor for a summer camp and just like bawling my eyes out uh, because I so desperately needed to hear that at that moment. And I think really like continue to need to hear family means no one is left behind or forgotten because it's like, that is such an ideal. And I I really love that. And that is certainly true of my family. And that's like a a value that I want to uphold, but also I guess somewhat naively, uh, I still hope, you know, like that my birth family hasn't forgotten about me and hasn't um, just like moved on, you know, uh, like I, I don't know what my story is uh, and I may never have the opportunity to know. Um, but that, that scene in Lilo and Stitch just really represents a lot, I think, for the best that I hope for, you know, and the most romantic version of family. And so regardless of the trauma um, and regardless of the, uh, you know, sadness around adoption, like that's still something that I want to cling to. Um, and so I really am grateful that I have that as a, as a moment to, to hold on to and, and can hopefully instill that in my kids. So, yeah, I was going to make this, you know, this is supposed to be a lighthearted transition, but here we are. That was good. Um, I think that's a great no. transition. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, we've talked about Disney, Star Wars. I like yeah. it. Ohana means family. Family means no one gets left behind. Yeah, I think it's a perfect transition. Or forgotten. I think it's true. Or forgotten. Sorry. All right. Time for a snack. Snack time. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the John Cheese Show eating portion. Pew, pew, pew. Crackers. Chop. Or something. I don't know what it is. I can't read it. It looks like sesame sticks. 
Guys, we're back uh, into a new one of Jerry's mystery boxes. Um, I don't like it when you say we're in Jerry's mystery box. That's Why? Why don't you like it? it? Let's mix that up with something else. This I love it. I love how uncomfortable. I don't know why it makes you uncomfortable, but <laughs> I, I love like how uncomfortable it makes you. So I'm going to keep saying it forever. <laughs> Jerry's mystery right box. Into his so, mystery box. <laughs> uh, he didn't actually give us a number because none of them were numbered. So we just picked one and said, hope we all got the same one. So yeah. uh, it's okay, though. It's all in Korean. So we have no idea what we're eating. No clue. So today we're eating a high tie product. Uh, the Korean says matongsan, and after some quick internet sleuthing, uh, we realize Cheater. it's peanut crunch snack, big size. Well, actually, I don't know if it's big size, but that's what <laughs> H Mart says. Uh, but matongsan is peanut crunch snack, which I don't know. I just jumping into the packaging. I love that there's such a celebratory, ce- celebratory, uh, <laughs> celebratory. A it's, it's a new yeah, word. no, it's it's close. the right word. I that just was it's the, close. absolutely the wrong pronunciation. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, <laughs> it's it's. I love how celebratory this feels. I almost did it again, frick. Um, but I don't like, like this present. weird character on the back. It's like a little it's present like, at the top. It's like it's like pinched. Which at the one? Top with something else. This weird, like baby-looking, oh. yeah, little, like a like a, like a looks like Bam Bam kind of Bam Bam animal of some sort. I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So animal. Um, yeah, I'm excited because it. I do. I do think it looks. The packaging makes it look like um, sesame sticks, and I do like sesame sticks. So oh. if, it, if it has any of that in it, I'll be happy. Okay. So right next Rosemary. to the little kid, the little baby on the front. Uh, it looks like the English, or sorry, it looks like the Korean said, I don't know what moko, but it says julkon uh, party. So some type of corn party. Corn is party. What, Classic. what he's saying. Kon, wow. I, I'm assuming it's kon party. So yeah, uh, hi tai. Oh, and then also we discovered that the uh, yellow text above the main text, part of it said kosohan, which thanks to Minju, we know means sesame flavor cool. so let's jump into it yeah yeah I'm oh that's gonna be a good one this i don't know how to open a lactose oh, it's got a twisty too. tie yeah the twisty tie was interesting okay. like a present. this like packaging a present. Oh, no, no good well you fell into the the, the ploy of opening it like that <laughs> <laughs> i did fall for it really badly ruin the box these are a little oily. Packaging like. not as easy as I expected. Items Ooh, larger than I expected. What? Uh-oh. Wait. I can smell right. them. Yeah, I don't like this packaging. I'm just going to use a little bit scissors. oily. Whoa! This is wild. These are, these are bigger good. than I expected. Look how big that is. Oh my god. Let's like, talk about like you the fools. inside of this. <laughs> mm. You fools. You picked a bad way to do intermittent fasting. Look at how like... <laughs> Greasy <laughs> and it. gross. This, yeah, I know. Uh, Come they on. are this good. Looks. I'm not ready to run like, and then reach you my be finger in your, your diet. Right, I've already had four. I took my so. ring off. I don't like to get my ring dirty. Here we go. It is it is coated or glazed oh. with almost like a I don't know, like some sort of sweet honeyish kind of. It's like a donut. Mm-hmm. It's basically a donut yeah. with more crunch to it. I don't love it. And I will say though. Hate me for it all you want. I don't love peanut butter flavored things. It's like it's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not like crazy about it though. I think um, it would be raised on that. 
like a lot of people don't like it. Like my both my kids don't like it. One of them's allergic to it, so and the other one doesn't really like it. So who knows? They may mm. grow up never liking peanut butter. I like donuts. Uh, I love peanut brittle. However, I was I, I wouldn't say I was raised on it, but I had it a lot. I feel, and so this mm. kind of reminds me of peanut brittle in mm. a stick form, but not as sweet. Like because peanut brittle is really firm, like full on like sugar, whereas this is kind of more of like a. I don't know, some sort of like a little mini cracker coated in peanut brittle. That makes yeah, sense. I just got like a very savory finish. So I think that's probably the Kosohan coming in because mm. it does, it is mildly reminiscent of the Kosomi crackers. Um, so yeah, okay. I All right, I'm into this. I think I like these better than the crackers. What? No way! Yeah, these are good. The Koso, You like Crazy. these better than Kosomi? Yep. Crazy. Wow. Yep. No. The Don Song. I'm not gonna say that. Yep. Now you just gotta learn how to say it. Matong san. Matong san. However, the package was not easy to it? open. <laughs> I can't hear you over the crunching the of package. my own mouth, Joe. Good. We'll talk good. off air. Good, good, good. If you look at it in English, so um, <laughs> Mart just has it as matong san. If you were to read it as deeply American, but that's wrong. Matong san. Matong san. So, I don't know if corn party makes sense. Oh, wait, there's an ingredients list here. So, bam, oh, bam. look, it's in freaking English. Bam, bam. Mm. Man. Okay. Corn syrup. Mm. Egg Run white cheap. liquid. What the heck is egg white liquid? I know. I was like. Sweetened condensed milk. There's not any corn listed. No. So, it's probably. The thing is uh, lactobacillus, which is interesting. What is that? Makes me think it's got some uh, probiotics in it. Nice. Anything to help that gut, baby? <laughs> Maybe. I also find Ooh. it amusing when they say mixed edible oil. Thank you for clarifying that it's edible. All right, my jaw hurts now from eating too many of these. Your jaw. <laughs> Your jaw hurts. Okay, great. Ow. So, um, let's get into our ratings. Uh, Nathan, you go first, man. One of one of five Bam Bams. Hmm. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a solid. Three and a half. I thought you were saying one of five. No, I, know, I thought he was giving it a one. I was like, one. wow. Yeah, sorry. A one. I'm giving it how many Bam Bams in a no, no, no. scale from one to five. I give it a three and a half. I, I do like it, but I, I don't like it as much as the Kosame crackers. So sorry, I can't agree with you there, Patrick. I do like the crunch. Uh, I don't like the packaging and how hard that was actually to open. And it has like a, that residual peanut Taste in my mouth, which, I don't know. I, I, if you really love peanuts, then uh, it's probably not that big of a deal. But uh, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I could eat the whole bag right sitting right here. So three and a half out of five, you said? Yep, three and a half out of five for me. I think mine mm -hmm. might be three and a half, too. I really like them. And normally I would that would take the rating because I said above the Kosumi cracker, but my jaw hurts. Yeah. Is your, is That's your what I've been doing. Like something the way maybe. You're, 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 yeah, it hurts real bad. Like, like I ate too many of these. You're eating I'm trying your to stretch right now. I'm trying to stretch my mouth out. <laughs> Stretching your mouth out. Oh, wow. <laughs> it feels a little bit better. Um, I like the taste. It tastes so good. YouTube watchers. <laughs> tastes like a bunch of donuts just went into my mouth. But um, yeah, party and picked up your teeth. One of the things that definitely knocked it for me was the packaging. Too difficult to open. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This is I'm just dealing with this jaw issue now. 
So I'm going to stick maybe I, three and a half for now. Get it a might bump down. Or something. Tomorrow when I wake <laughs> up, I'll let you know if I've amended my rating. You have lockjaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give it a three. Um, I like the music notes up top. I think that's cute. <laughs> You music nerd. That's about it for the packaging <laughs> with y'all. But I will say I just gave up and just used scissors. So because I, I had my two older brothers to go before me, um, I was able to be smarter about it. And uh, now it's really clean. So that's nice. Well, um, But I don't love how, like, like I said, it's just kind of, it looks real sticky and gross up in this packaging. And I hate having dirty hands or like sticky fingers or anything like mm. that so that's like doritos are my one exception honestly yeah um, so yeah so not not a huge fan of that the flavor is acceptable it's not like it's not so amazing that i would go seek it out but it's not bad enough that i would stop um mm. and that like savory finish really kind of keeps me coming back so i do like that yeah, like i said i feel like it's like a stick form of peanut brittle but it's but not but as sweet. it's hollow on the inside isn't peanut yeah. peanut so brittle kind of dense yeah that's what i'm saying it's it's like a less form of peanut brittle. oh like a lighter peanut brittle so oh, i guess it's not hollow but it does um yeah it does kind of have some some business here yep trying to get my camera but so if you love peanut brittle this could be your snack of choice but man i kind of want to eat the rest of them but my jaw is just hurting. don't do it it's not worth it don't do it intermittent fasting boy i know so, i already broke let, it i might as well let the john chi boy be your your downfall i might as well do it i've already broke the broke the seal oh it's a slippery slope man oh next you'll be that was next me you'll slipping be down the slope. peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then a burrito and then what? a full pizza wow that does sound like a progression <laughs> i would take so he that is makes eating sense. like a true gilmore girl <laughs> if he does that <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, you can find us in all the places that we want to be found at John Chi Show. Send us an email to John Chi Show at justlikemedia.com. Please hang out with us in our new Facebook group. It is the John Chi Show After Party. You can Google it, you can search it, you can find it, however, or you can probably just find it by going to johnchishow.com. Baby, the website. Baby. Yep. Uh, we're very excited about that. We'll have some extra content. Um, some written content and things or where if you like kind of the tone of, of this show uh, first, let us know. Um, but also uh, you can probably find more of that in our website and uh, some other things. Um, we're excited about what that is going to look like moving forward. So uh, hang out with us in the after party and uh, we'll see you next week. Want to do our, you didn't do our personal handles. Oh yeah, I didn't. You can find me at KJ Rocky. You can find me at no walk photo. It's so silent. <laughs> you can find me at Patrick in the World, but also I really do want to do a real plug. Uh, please go follow. <laughs> oh, um, okay, please go follow our, uh, my nonprofit organization. All times are local. Uh, we were about to start, or yesterday, I guess, on the second, we launched our December fundraiser. Um, it's to help us expand our funds for Foster's program that we run in Chicago. So go there, check that out, uh, donate if you can, but find out kind of what we do, and I would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, so all you nerds with iPhone 11s, give them to Patrick <laughs> yes, so when you please. get your iPhone 12. Mm -hmm. You can please. also switch over your Amazon charity to All Times or Local. Ooh, thank you, Nathan. Well, yes, you I can did. find a link. So everything I buy, which is almost every day, 
Dang, dude. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Everything I has been going that. toward you. So, yep. I generated about $12 last year, or we did from Amazon Smile. So that you'll, works. You'll get $12 just enough. for me. <laughs> I, appreci- I appreciate <laughs> so. it. All of it. So thank you. <laughs> thank you guys for uh, joining us, everyone, for watching and listening. So we'll see you next week. See you on the John C. Hey, yo, we out. Hey, yo. Here we go.